0: Everybody. This is A Penn State Football podcast brought to you by forthegloryofoldstate.com. My name is Craig Rosala. and I'm joined by my partner Brandon Musso. How are we doing today, Brandon? Doing good and excited to be back for another podcast. Yeah, so last week we kind of recapped some of the off-season news um, especially dealing with the COVID situation. This week it's going to be a lot more football. Um some of our offensive player, the offensive player of the year, defensive player of the year, breakout candidates, freshman of the year, and even some bold predictions that we'll have for the end of the pod. Uh, let's start off with the offense. Who do you think is going to be your offensive player of the year this year, Brandon? So I was going through this
1: thinking about it, and, you know, Journey Brown was great last year, and obviously he's got the, the nod as the starter. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm really a fan of Noah Kane, as is a lot of Penn State fans who have seen him play. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, he struggled um, to stay healthy last year. We saw him got get hurt early on after he you know, showed some real promise. And then, you know, throughout the season, Franklin was kind of hesitant to play him too much. So, you know, hopefully he'll be healed up fully this year and we'll really see a nice year from him because I think, you know, they're going to still rotate running back. So he'll get a lot of carries uh, along with Journey Brown and, you know, anything could happen in a year like this. So if Journey Brown gets hurt or if they're still going to be running through with and do all these rotations, then I think he'll have a really, really nice year and, uh, if he gets a chance, I think he'll
0: be our offensive breakout, our player of the year, I should say. See, I I love Noah Kane, too, and I think last year we made that pretty clear when we were talking about him and wondering where he was in all these different situations, especially near the goal line. Yeah. But I'm going the opposite direction. I'm going Journey Brown. How about that? Uh, <laughs> obviously, Journey Brown had a really nice end of the season, and his progression from the start of the year last year where he was kind of... The man that we all forgot about because Kane was uh, great when he first started. Devin Ford had a huge opening day play where he, I think it was an 80-yard touchdown. I think it was our play of the week. Um, and then Ricky Slade was a high five-star recruit that he played most of the time um, as the backup to Miles Sanders in 2018. So Journey Brown was kind of forgotten about to start the year, and he just keep progressing, progressing. He finished with 890 yards last year, and the, the most impressive part I thought was his 6.9 yards per carry. That's so efficient. It's <laughs> so yeah. efficient, and he had 12 touchdowns, and he had 15 catches out of the backfield as well. So, running back to me really strong. Who are some of your other candidates you were thinking about um, for this the selection? Um, well, you know, Journey Brown
1: was was on my mind because I know you know the running game is going to be a huge part of of this offense this year, and you know we'll get into the to the wide receiving core uh, soon enough and during mm-hmm. the pod here, but. Uh, to keep it simple, I, I really was just looking pretty much
0: all at the running back position, and uh, Journey Brown was definitely my my second okay. pick there. See, for me, it was between Journey Brown and Pat Fryermuth. Pat Fryermuth because of the receivers, where I think he's going to be relied on very heavily. But I didn't go with him because I thought, in terms of volume, I thought Journey Brown would get more volume as opposed to Pat Fryermuth. And then right. obviously, Sean Clifford's a, a pretty easy candidate. But I think I think Penn State's running game is going to be the biggest part of their offense this year, so I went with Journey. Yeah, and just so everybody knows, me and Craigan did not
1: share our picks with each other before this podcast, so we still have no idea what the other person is picking.
0: See, in my head, though, I had some thoughts. What would Brandon pick here? (laughs) I I, I know him well enough. I know who some of his favorite players are, and... I kind of was like, okay, I'm am going with my own decisions, but I know what Brandon might have in the in back of my mind as well. I'm I'm sure you guessed right on the on a couple of these picks. I think my next the next one we're gonna go to is Defensive Player of the Year, and I think I know who you are gonna go with.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I went with Jason Oway. Yeah, <laughs> that's your guy for yeah. the last three years. Yeah, and if you've been listening to the podcast, you know I've talked about him a lot, and if you've been reading the articles, I've talked about him a lot in there too. Um, You know, I've been tracking him since his, you know, first blue-white game action, and I really was excited about him. Um, It seems this year he's starting to get a little bit of uh, national attention, which I find interesting, but uh, I think he's due for a huge year. Um, He'll be the starter on the end this year, and he'll definitely live up to the expectations that I have for him, at least. (laughs) Those
0: are pretty high, man. I don't know. (laughs) You know, it's funny, because... You know, a couple weeks ago, I was looking at a mock draft and saw Jason Owe at 13th. Yeah, overall, I'm like, whoa! I didn't know anybody knew about this guy besides, you know, Penn State fans. Yeah, I remember you telling me about that, and I was just like, I thought I was the only guy who knew about him. Yeah, um, but I, I knew you were going to pick him. <laughs> um, and although I had him in some consideration, he wasn't somebody that I wasn't going to go with. My defensive player of the year is going to be Lamont Wade. Mm, Lamont Wade, that. believe it or not, with Micah Parsons not returning. He is the leading returning tackler with 39 tackles from the safety position. He plays all over the place. He's in the secondary as a pass defender, but he has also come up to the line of scrimmage, made some plays. We saw that last year against Ohio State. He had three forced fumbles yeah, that was a in huge one game, game. For him. huge game. And he had 10 tackles against the Buckeyes, and then overall he had four and a half tackles for loss as well. He was a playmaker towards the end of the year last year, and I think that that's going to continue this year. He's a senior. Obviously, he was a highly regarded recruit coming in. He's, last year, he finally got the opportunity to play, and he had a big end of the season. And I think this year he's going to put it all together for a full year. I'm really excited about Lamont Wade being, you know, that senior leader in the in the Penn State secondary this year. Yeah, I, I
1: like that pick a lot. You know, I was excited. You know, we saw him. That was kind of his breakout game, I would say. I mean, he was Absolutely. always a consistent player um, for the most part. But when we saw that that huge, massive
0: game against Ohio State. Like that's when you knew, like, well, he's going to be a special player. Yeah, you single-handedly turned that game around. He did Ohio State blowout to Penn State was right back in that game because of him. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, who were some other guys you were looking at defensive player of the year? I wanted to get
1: into the to the linebacker group, um, but I have saved a couple of those guys for further on in in our uh, preseason award uh, podcast, if you will. Okay, let's move on to breakout player then. All right, so I went. I took an interesting route on this one. I'm going to go with Shane Simmons on this oh, pick. Oh, okay. I was really excited for him as a recruit, um, but we really didn't see him a lot. He's now headed into his final season at Penn State, believe it or not. Um, and I think this is the year he finally makes his mark, honestly. Mm-hmm. We know how much Pry in the defense likes to substitute on the line, um, so I think he'll see a fair share, his fair share of time on the end, and I think he'll finally live up to his talent, and I think it'll surprise
0: a lot of people, really. No, I like that pick. That's somebody that definitely is under the radar, considering he's never been a star at Penn State. Right. Um, whether it's been because they've had great defensive linemen or just injuries, he's always kind of been under, a really under the radar player. It would be nice for him to have a nice final senior campaign and, and go out of Happy Valley in a, a really nice way. Yeah, especially considering you know he was a huge recruit yes. coming
1: out of in that 2016 class. Um, We've seen a lot of the players in that 2016 class or have already departed for mm-hmm. the NFL, and he's just on a whole different timeline right now, still yeah. trying to still trying to find his place. And hopefully the last year that he has here, he'll make the most of it.
0: Yeah, that's, that's a pick that I wasn't even thinking about. I went a different route, somebody that I think a lot of people are clamoring as their breakout player, and it's Brandon Smith. Brandon Smith is a former five-star prospect uh, from last year's recruiting class. He didn't have a ton of um, time last year as a, a true freshman, but when we saw him on the field, he was special. He was an impact player. Um, he only had 14 tackles, two tackles for loss. And, I mean, he's listed at 6'3, 237 pounds. And with Micah Parsons not playing this season, somebody has to step up in the, the linebacking group. And I think he's a prime candidate. I think he's somebody that, you know, Penn State really wanted Micah Parsons to come in as a freshman and, and play right away and have an impact. I think you know, brand Smith and his sophomore season is going to be in that same mold in 2020.
1: Yeah. Obviously you said, you know, really highly recruited and they definitely need someone to, to kind of uh, fill the void that, that Micah left. You know, everyone was hoping that Mike was going to come back, but obviously that's not the case. So, you know, Brandon Smith is here to uh, hopefully show everyone what he's
0: all about. Yeah. And now my other, the other person I was really considering for this spot, another sophomore, um, Keaton Ellis, mm-hmm. where he played a lot of slot last year. Um, he's a local state college product, and he he's somebody that I think will have more of a role either in the slot or as a starter on the outside this year across from um, Tariq Castro Fields. I think he's going to have a really nice um, sophomore year. He's a big, rangy, quick outside corner that could make a difference in, you know, the 2020 season and beyond that. Because we saw him last year, and he was really impressive throughout the whole season. So he's somebody that I didn't pick him as breakout player, but I think he's going to have a really nice year as well. Yeah, I had him on my list as well. Okay. Moving on from breakout players to our freshman of the year. Uh, this is always a tough topic because you don't know if the true freshmen are going to be, you know, start, you know playing and starting right, right away or if they're going to be redshirted, and we don't see them for two, three years. So this is always a tough one. Kind of a safe pick would be maybe one of the redshirt freshmen. But who do you got? I'm going a more risky
1: route on this one. I I went with Curtis Jacobs uh, to hopefully get in the linebacker mix this year. Um, I have really high expectations for him. Five-star linebacker out of Maryland. He was the 35th overall prospect in the 2020 class. Um, Third linebacker in the state of Maryland and third linebacker in country. So really excited. He's 6'2", 220 pounds. He's really... Just the more of a, a speed guy. He's kind of a guy that can range around and make plays um, all around the field. It definitely remains to be seen how much they're going to use him this year, as you yeah. just mentioned. But if he's out there, I think he'll make a noticeable impact as a freshman and uh, really start to get this uh, linebacker group back in, back in session.
0: Yeah, and I mean, if you're going to have a, a position group that goes out there and starts right away, I think that the linebacker group is a, a really easy group to get into. Not because, you know, Penn State doesn't have talent in that group. They obviously do have a good amount of talent. But right. the, you know, the coaching style, getting used to the defense. And I know that Brent Pride puts a lot of pressure on his linebackers to make sure that they're calling out the plays. You know, we we see Jason Gabinda back in the day. He's informing every single player on the on the defense of what's right. going on. But we've seen freshmen step in and play right away. We've seen Micah do it. We saw Brandon Smith a little bit last year. So I think that's a, a really nice pick. Curtis Jacobs, you know, possibly being one of the the key freshmen on that Penn State defense. I went with a freshman on the offense, a really high recruit that I'm 50-50 on how much he's going to play, but I'm feeling better about the the one side of the 50 than the other. Um, It's Theo Johnson. Theo Johnson is a tight end that just came to Penn State. He was a third-ranked tight end in his 2020 class, and he was the 61st-ranked prospect nationally by 24-7 sports. And the reason why I picked him is because I feel like they're going to try to groom somebody after Pat Fryermuth, And I think the way they're going to do it is Pat Fryermuth is going to have his position. You know, whether he's lining up on the line or if he's lining up outside, great. You have another tight end that enters the full, kind of like we saw a couple years ago when they had a couple two tight end sets. And Theo Johnson just steps in as that receiving type of tight end instead of, you know, the block, the blocking guy that like an NFL offense might run. I think Penn State will use Theo Johnson as that, you know, receiving tight end, especially since their wide receiving group is not that strong this year. So you'll take the catches and the downfield presence anyway you'll get it. Theo Johnson will, you know, kind of work he, he would kind of work into that mold where he can be the receiving guy. He's listed at six foot six, two hundred and forty five pounds, so he has the frame for that um type of receiving position. And also one thing that kind of takes away from my point that he he might be somebody that will be strong um, contributor on offense this year is that he did have an injury in his recruitment last year. He committed to Penn State late as it was in December last year, but then he had an injury following that. So we have to see how he recovers from that injury. But I think that if he's on the field this year, he could be a really impactful player as a freshman. And then in the years to come, once Pat Frymuth leaves Penn State. Yeah, it's a good pick. You know, we,
1: we see all the, the question marks revolving around the wide receiver group. It would be nice for Clifford just to just have another target aside mm-hmm. from uh, Friermuth.
0: Yeah, and Johnson's a really, really big target, I'll tell you that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Any other freshmen you were really looking at here?
1: No, it's, it's tough because you don't know, like, how the season is going to go, and you, you really, it's really a big question mark in how Franklin is going to handle
0: all these freshmen coming in. So, yeah, it's, it's, I didn't really have anybody else that I was really looking at either because— I will say, Penn State does have a, aside from receiver, they have a pretty solid across-the-board team, I think, this year. Yeah, I agree. Um, So, we've talked about a couple different position groups, especially the running backs and the defensive line and even some of the linebackers. Um, What's one position group that you're really excited to see this year? (laughs) Well, normally, as
1: you know me, I would probably pick the defensive line because I think I do every year. But I went with the linebackers this year. Okay. You know, we've talked about it in the last podcast and this podcast that some new guys are going to get some time to shine with Parsons leaving. You know, we talked you talked about Brandon Smith before. We've seen some flashes from him last year, and you see a guy that could be a very special player, and that's something that we need in the linebacking core. Then you have names like Jesse Luchetta, Ellis Brooks, you know, who should, who should fill out the starting three there. Mm-hmm. Um, they both had some great made some great great plays last year, and they they should really flourish with an expanded role this year. And then behind them you have, you know, like I said, Curtis Jacobs and another freshman, Lance Dixon. I like him. Um, too. Hopefully, they'll both get in the mix. I've been extremely excited to see them both play since they committed. So, you know, hopefully, these are the kinds of guys that will bring us back to truly being linebacker. You.
0: Yeah, I, I I like that selection because I think there's a lot to prove in that linebacking group. Exactly. Everybody's going to look at Parsons. Oh, we lost Parsons. We lost Parsons. Somebody can step up here. You're going to hear that a lot this year. Yeah. Just get, just get ready. Yeah. <laughs> yes, you are. But I think, you know, between lucetta and Brooks, those are really quick, rangy linebackers that give them a shot to play. Give them a shot to, you know, play uh, nine games this year and see yeah. what they can do. And they're going to be well coached. They're going to be okay. I yeah. think they're going to just have a lot to prove at, at that position that, you know. And I think they, they could do a really good job this year. That's a good that's a good point.
1: Yeah, that's that's the Franklin style linebacker, the, the fast, rangy guys, mm-hmm. and that seems to be how he's been filling out the the linebacker uh, group for you know the last couple of years at yeah. least. Now I
0: mean, we're going to be defensive heavy on this podcast today. We are very defensive heavy.
1: Because
0: <laughs> um, I think in a surprise pick, I'm excited to see the secondary this year. Now they were kind of a nightmare in some spots last year. <laughs> I'll say, but I think there's a lot. Of talent, experience, and potential in this group, and that's why I'm excited about them. Um, I'll start with the the guys that are experienced that are coming back. Um, I mentioned him before, Tariq Castro Fields. He's played in 31 games at Penn State. He's a senior. That's one side of the cor- like that's one side of the field. We know it's taken care of. Right. Um, in his career, he's had 10 tackles for loss, so he's able to get in the backfield as well. And he had two interceptions in 2019. Also, we have Jaquan Brister, who stepped in nice, very nicely last year as a JUCO transfer from Lackawanna College. He played in all 13 games. And he had two interceptions. I know he had the one against Iowa. Um, that was a big interception. Um, I mentioned Keaton Ellis before. He played in eight games as a freshman. He had three forced fumbles as well and a fumble recovery. He's somebody that he can either play on the outside or he can play in the slot, just like he did last year. Very versatile. Lamont Wade. He was my defensive player of the year. He, you know, so I'm really excited about him. Um, and he's a senior that he's coming back. And then another um, really experienced player in their secondary is Jonathan Sutherland. He's played in 22 games in his career, and he's a, a captain from last year. Yeah. So there's so much experience in this uh, defensive backfield. Not to mention, you know, we have some guys that have potential as well. Trent Gordon played in nine games last year. Um, Marquise Wilson played in seven games as a freshman. He had two interceptions, and I, I've heard on many of the broadcasts from last year that he had some of the best hands on the Penn State football team last year, despite being a defensive back. And then also um, Donovan Johnson and Joey Porter Jr. were really high recruits last year that redshirted. So I think, you know, what is that eight, nine guys I've just rattled off that either have experience, talent, or, you know, has a little bit of both right now we're we have we've seen a little bit, and we ex, we're expecting more to come. I'm really excited about this group. If they could hold things down back there, I think that they could be the strongest unit um, on this Penn State defense because of all the experience and talent that they have back there.
1: Yeah, that, that's a that's a good pick because you know that's that's a great combination of you know experience and talent that that's really needed for a group that probably needs the most improvement Absolutely. out of out of all the groups that we've seen from last year coming into this year we really need some good secondary play because you know we like we said we talked about the defensive line the linebackers they're they're pretty strong up front uh, I think the secondary was really a place that they struggled with last year that that really needs to improve so I hope you're right about that one
0: yeah and I mean we'll see them very very early on and some tough tests Indiana we know spreads them out they they like to throw on us Ohio State Justin Fields is a top five NFL draft pick next year with some really strong receivers. I know Chris Olave is back, and he's playing. But we'll dive into that as, into next week when we go over the schedule. But they're going to be tested early, and you know we'll see if they live up to the test. Let's get into some bold predictions now. Things are kind of tough this year because it is a nine-game season, so we can't you know go with our usual benchmark numbers that we traditionally have in a 12- or 13- or 14-game season. But uh, what do you got, Brandon? So my bold prediction is that
1: they will beat Ohio State, Let's go! But they're going to lose one or two other games that you oh, wouldn't expect on. them to lose. Come on! So I think they're gonna <laughs> they're gonna go up high and and get a win when Ohio State comes to town. But I think they're gonna play in a game. I don't. I'm not gonna say which one yet. We'll talk about that okay. next week. But so think I think I like it. I think that that will be something that happens. We we've seen them throughout the past couple of years. They they do get down at times during the season, especially towards the end of the season. Um, and you might see a really sloppy game that, you know, ends up being
0: a loss that you wouldn't expect. See, I'm, I would not be surprised by that either now I'm thinking about it because obviously a couple <laughs> years ago, it was 2017 and 2018, the Michigan State games were like just rock bottom. It's, it felt like sometimes between yeah. the weather delay and then, you know, losing to an unranked team at home by a couple touchdowns. Those those were some bad losses. Um, and then we've also seen them even some wins. They just don't come out strong. You know, I remember Rutgers 2017, they, they struggled to beat them. and It's yeah. like, it's Rutgers, come on. Yeah, no, they're better than that. They just, they're just they just some of those games where everything doesn't seem to click as well as it should be and as well as you know it should. So I'm going to go with a more of an individual route, and we've mentioned both of these guys today so far. And my bold prediction, in a nine-game season, both Journey Brown and Noah Kane will have 10-plus rushing touchdowns reason why I'm saying it's bold, not only because it's a nine-game season, but Journey Brown had 12 last year in a full year. Noah Kane had eight in an injury-played year. In a shortened season, and with a Penn State team that doesn't have the receivers that they would like, especially in the red zone area, I think that they're just going to be really strong with running the football. And I think both guys are going to get a lot of time on the field. And you know, we saw Kane more so in that goal-line package last year. I think he'll continue to do that. And I think Journey and he's just going to get his. He's going to get his. We know he's one of the fastest running backs in uh, the Big Ten. And I think he's just going to have a big year as well. So I think both guys are going to have 10-plus rushing touchdowns. So if we get two guys to average more than a touchdown per game this year, that I think it's a really good uh, good sign for our offense. Yeah, I think we'll win some games with that. Yeah, yeah. And then our last segment of today's podcast is a, a kind of a, an open-ended question here. So it's Penn State will have a good season if... What do you got? S- Penn State will have a great year
1: if they can get a couple breakout wide receivers. Okay. Um, that was That is the biggest question mark for me going into the season. Um, obviously, Dotson should be reliable, but you're going to need a lot more than that. Clifford can get some more consistent, like reliable targets to throw to. I think the off this offense will change dramatically because... You know, if he doesn't have a lot of guys to throw to, then it'll be easy for a defense to kind of make Penn State offense one, one dimension. We talked about the running backs, and if they're keying on the run every play because there's just no wide receivers that Clifford can throw to, then, you know, they're going to have fit scoring all year.
0: I said it last week. I think Dotson's a really good piece. I don't think he's a number one. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure who will step up and be the number one. Do you have any candidates that you're you're excited about that you see maybe stepping up this year? <laughs> I, I I don't really see many. Uh, <laughs> let's
1: be honest. Uh, it's it's going to take somebody that we never heard of, and that's just that's what for me that's yeah. what a breakout candidate is. you need somebody that you know maybe has been maybe a freshman, true freshman, redshirt freshman, or maybe a guy that's a senior that you just haven't seen before. They need to come up and have a big year because. If not, they're gonna struggle to move the
0: ball down the field. Yeah, I mean, usually we have the blue white game to go off. Like, oh look right. at that guy! Like we yeah. we like him. He's somebody that could definitely play this year. We obviously didn't have that this year. We didn't have summer camp. We we didn't have our usual stuff. So uh, it's kind of just gonna be you know pulling a rabbit out of the hat and see who, who's out there day one against Indiana on October 24th, and then you know seeing who actually does it the rest of the year.
1: Yeah, I think that's one of the biggest. I think that's one of the biggest keys to the season. Yeah. Now, I like how
0: we started this podcast being defensive heavy, and now we're ending it with a lot of offense. A offense, yeah. So you mentioned the receivers. I think Penn State will have a great year if their offensive line plays to the high standard that I expect them to play at. And kind of like the secondary, I expect them to be the offensive line to be a great unit for Penn State this year because they have so much experience coming back once again. And they have new um, offensive line coach, Phil Troutwine, who we discussed last week. Um, he's coming over from Boston College, and he had five all-ACC guys on his offensive line right. last year. Now at Penn State, he has Rasheed Walker, who started all 13 games last year as a redshirt freshman. Mike Miranda, who start, who played in 13 games, he rotated in even if he wasn't starting. And along with that, he had eight starts last year. Michael Manet, he's 25 starts, he's a redshirt senior, he's our center. He is the, uh, the glue that holds this whole offensive line together um, right in the middle. C.J. Thorpe played in 13 games last year. He had five starts, so when he didn't start, Miranda started. And by all accounts, every press conference I watched last year, James Franklin loves C.J. Thorpe. He is the physical guy. He brings an attitude to that offensive line and he's back this year and then Will Fry same thing as Monet. 20 he has 24 starts he's a redshirt senior and he's been holding it down at the right tackle position the last two years so there's so much experience that's coming back from for this offensive line they're big guys they're strong they should be able to you know have a push and then allow those running backs to come through and also protect Sean Clifford when he's in the pocket and then also Backing them up are a bunch of guys that have experience. Um, Dez Holmes played in 13 games last year. They're excited to have Juice Scrubs Juice back. He had a redshirt last year because of a car accident where he um, wasn't able to come back and play. Also, Anthony Wigan, who is a Juco transfer, that redshirt last year. So he has another year of experience under his belt. And I know James Franklin is really, really excited about Caden Wallace. He's somebody that he brought up all last year playing um you know, whether it was in style team or then playing in the games last year, even though he did red shirt, I know they love him. So I'm really excited about this offensive line if they live up to their potential.
1: Yeah, I think a good offensive line is long overdue for this team, yep. wouldn't you say? I mean, we've had years and years of not just, you know, running back struggling, but I think primarily in the pass protection has been a real struggle for the, for the quarterbacks and, you know, we I just mentioned the wide receivers and Clifford throwing to the wide receivers. He's gonna need time to be able to throw to any yeah. wide receivers, so that's where it starts up front. You gotta win in the trenches to win big games.
0: Yeah, I think this group has all the potential in the world to do that. I, I really hope they do, and I, if they do, they will have a really, really good season, I think, because we see the NFL, we see all in college, the offensive line. You have that, you're okay. Gotta have a good line. Um, and Now, some small announcements that came up this week with the schedule. We know Penn State's going to play Indiana opening week, October 24th at 3.30. And then also it was announced that Penn State will be playing Ohio State at 7.30 on Halloween, October 31st, which kind of sucks because that would be a white game, but we'll obviously still be excited. Mm-hmm. And Brandon has them winning, so we don't even have to talk about the predictions <laughs> that week. Um, and then also it was announced Penn State will be playing Michigan noon kickoff. Oh. As well. So that'll be interesting. That one's in the big house, which I know we just love going there to play.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really great efforts over the year up there.
0: <laughs> yeah. So that's some of the, the other news that came out this week. Uh, our partner, Corey, posted that on our social media this week. Do you have anything else you want to tackle this week, Brandon?
1: I think everyone should go into the comments, drop us a bowl prediction. Yeah. We did ours. We want to hear from you now.
0: Yeah. And what else? And, and let us know what you think, will be one of the keys for this Penn State team having a good year. We, you know, we mentioned wide receiver stepping up, mentioned offensive line, um, doing their thing this year. Let us know what you guys think. Next week, we're going to do a week-by-week breakdown of, you know, what we think Penn State will do um, against each opponent. Um And then we will have our so our season preview and then also an Indiana preview. Next week is game week. It is. very exciting, right? I can't wait. I've... A couple months ago I would never have thought, but here we
1: are. I thought we are not gonna have a season at all.
0: Yeah. Uh, so thank you again for listening. You can follow us on Twitter at For the Glory OOS. Also find us on Facebook at For the Glory of World State. Um and continue to listen to the podcast, share it, um, review us. We're on both Apple and Spotify. And we thank you again for listening. Hope you have a good day.